It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 53rd, aka the Super Bowl Champions edition of the Counterpoint Podcast, because this is really the 52nd episode of the Counterpoint Podcast which would make that Super Bowl 52, a.k.a. the Super Bowl Champions Edition of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by Go Birds Pod slash GB's Pod. Uh, I am Jack Fritz, as always, here to talk about very important Eagles topics, as always. Um, some would say the most important Eagles topics. We got a lot to get to on the show today. We have uh, Jack's Rundown uh, coming off of just a brutal loss, uh, a brutal loss um, down, down in Tennessee, had some time to cool off. Feels like the players really took that one to heart. You know, after the after the Buccaneers game, all the players were like, yeah, well, we're getting Carson back, and and we're we're gonna get Alshon back in a few weeks, and now it's like, well, we're completely healthy. We have Carson back playing at an MVP level, and we still lost the game. So it feels like the Eagles have a heightened sense of awareness as to where they are. And uh, I'm bullish. I'm bullish on them heading into the Vikings game. Anyway, so we have Jack's rundown. Uh, we got to go on the trust tree as always. We got to talk about Jalen Mills. Jeff Lurie, there's something Jeff Lurie should do that would be very shrewd that would get Eagles fans on an extra edge. We have Vikings takes. Um, we have the counterpoint mailbag as always. And of course, what's the line saying, which has been ice cold. Uh, and I'm sorry. I hope I'm not costing people money. Um, but it, it just, it's been nice cold. It's been a tough run. Uh, much like the Eagles, it's been a tough run to start the season for what's the line saying. So I'll be better. I'll be better. I feel good about this line. Well, I mean, I feel good about the line, but not in a good way. That's what you call it, tease. Um, all right, let's get the Jacks rundown. So the only thing that is holding back the Carson Wentz chub meter is the goddamn offensive line. And I'm speaking directly to the Eagles offensive line when I say this. 
you're going to get my motherfucking quarterback hurt, you bastards. Carson Wentz got fucking destroyed in that Titans game. And now it is on the offensive line to step your shit up. I know how talented you are. And let me enjoy my Carson Wentz chub meter. Because the, char- the Carson Wentz chub meter can only get to a certain level when I'm watching Carson Wentz at this point. Because deep down inside, there gets major shrinkage when I think about the Eagles offensive line getting Carson Wentz killed. So the offensive line is holding back the Carson Wentz chub meter. There can only be a certain... We can't get really to full chub because of how bad the offensive line has been playing. Jason Kelsey, I think you're probably banged up. But I don't see the same fire as the guy that was on that stage back in February. Jason Peters, an all-time great. You got bull rushed on Sunday. Lane Johnson, I've never seen you get beat in my entire time watching you. And you got beat by a rookie. So Eagles offensive line. Stop holding back the Carson Wentz chub meter. And let me go to the full chub. Thank you. Now I know that was very serious. I don't like being serious on this podcast. But that just had to be said. It had to, I had to get it out there. And as I'm sure the Eagles offensive line listens to this podcast. They know I'm right deep down. Speaking of the Carson Wentz chub meter, I am continually shocked that Carson is already back to where he was when he was the MVP of the NFL. It is absurd that Carson Wentz, coming off of a a gruesome knee injury, has already, in his second week, gotten back to how well he was playing when he was the MVP of the NFL last year. Like When he was on that ridiculous run and he was separating himself as the best quarterback in the NFL, that's how he's playing right now coming off of that knee surgery. And I just can't believe it. He is, he, he needs, I, I need him to win a ring so bad because that guy should have been the one on the stage last year. I can't believe how fast he's back. Now, another staple of the show, it is the Big Balls Doug weight scale. And I'm wondering if Big Balls Doug is dead. Because, yes, man, it's it, it, you're going to run the ball at the end of the first half there? That's not my Doug Peterson. Watching the Tennessee Titans game was the first time I said to myself, this isn't my Doug Peterson. This isn't my Big Balls, jam it down your throat, four quarters, aggressive Doug Peterson. He even, he even fumbled with the media after the game and said that we're going to run the ball there and we're going to still have eight seconds to uh, get the ball in the end zone. Doug, what running play lasts three seconds? It doesn't make any sense. So the big ball's Doug scale. It might be dead. And while I was worried that the big ball's Doug scale was dead and I was worried that it was not my Doug Peterson anymore. He came out in his press conference the other day and he called Kirk Cousins Kurt. And it was at that moment 
that I knew the Eagles were going to steamroll the Vikings on Sunday. Because that's my big boss, Doug. Doug. Doug in Tennessee was an aberration. He was having too much fun down there in Nashville, listening to too much country music, uh, drinking too many beers, and he was a little malaise on Sunday. He was thinking too much instead of just going with his gut or with his balls. Now he's coming back. He's calling the Vikings quarterback Kurt, even though his name's Kirk. It's just like he's back. While I was worried about Doug Peterson and his aggressiveness and his huge balls, that is all gone now because he disrespected Kirk Cousins, which we all love to do here in Eagles land. Corey Graham is banned from the podcast. He's the first He's the first Eagles player to be banned from the Counterweight Podcast, and I usually do not ban uh, Super Bowl champions, but now I have to see his dumb face all over Twitter, and that dumb face is basically the face I envision under his face mask when the ball's sailing over his head, and he's he's in the wrong spot on a zone, which he had one job to do, which is, you've, you're 33 years old, you've been on three Super Bowl teams, like, I just don't understand how you can, how that happens, and, and with how old you are, and, and, and coupled with the fact that now we have to see your dumb face, um, it, it, it's, it doesn't sit well with me, I don't want to see it anymore, you are, you are banned from the CounterPoint Podcast. Another thing that's happening this week is uh, there's this this Le'Veon Bell thing. And first off, Cocky Howie, if you, like, it's getting to be go time. I, I don't know if we can still continue to call you Cocky Howie if you're not going to go get Le'Veon Bell. I just I don't I don't know if we can still do this thing. Um, and I just think that people are overthinking this whole Le'Veon Bell thing. Close your eye. I want I want you to close your eyes. If you're driving. Don't close them fully, but like get to the point where you can still see, but your eyes are pretty much closed. Carson Wentz, Le'Veon Bell, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Jay Ajayi. Throw him in there because you're going to put Le'Veon Bell in the slot at some points. Like, who gives a fuck what they have to give up? Who gives a fuck? Like we, like Howie, Howie will figure it out if they go get Le'Veon Bell. Like enough with the bullshit arguments on Twitter or like it's we're talking about Le'Veon motherfucking Bell. This is not some kind of scrub. The guy is twenty six, and one of the most transcendent running backs I've ever watched in my entire life. And the NFL is a passing league. That is basically turning into you can't hit anyone. And if you had Le'Veon Bell, you're just going to start outscoring teams, which is how you have to win in today's NFL. So, like, why are we overthinking this? It's not that it's not that big of a deal. It's Le'Veon Bell. Get it through your head. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's incredible. And here, he'd be incredible as well. Finally, I'm going to my first Eagles game on Sunday since I started the Counterpoint Podcast. And I don't know if you know this, but since I started the Counterpoint Podcast, the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, which is a direct correlation between the Counterpoint Podcast being started and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That's science. That's just that's how this thing works. And it's my first game since I started Counterpoint because last year I had to do all the games um, from from the studio. And 
Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering what the Eagles have planned. Like, I'm, I'm trying not to get nervous what they have planned. Um, they haven't reached out to me yet, uh, which is, it makes it even better because it's going to be such a great surprise. And I don't know what they have planned, but if I was the Eagles, I would, I would call me down to midfield. I know they all listen to the podcast. They know how I'm obsessed I am with the single spotlight and the, the speeches before games. And I think it would be right of the Eagles to, to bring me down. Let me just talk to the people. Um, maybe have like a on the big screens you have like a tree and maybe they have a, a, a thing that says welcome into the trust tree with Jack Fritz. I think they, they might have this planned. So I don't want to like take their plans away. Um, but let me just address, uh, you know, 75,000 of my fellow trust treeers. Um, I know they all listen to the pod. So we can all just come into the trust tree and, and, and talk about our feelings. Talk about our feelings on the Eagles. And I don't know what the Eagles are going to... I don't know what their plan is on Sunday when I'm in the building. I like that they haven't reached out yet. I like that they haven't said... I like that they haven't said, hey, Jack, like, heard you're coming to the game. Um, we're totally not going to surprise you with uh, free beer, free food, um, a, 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 a trust tree moment on the field. Like it's it's smarter than they're they're playing the long game and I respect them for that. So um, I'm looking forward to what they have planned for me being in the house on Sunday. Also, if you're going to the game, um, I will be with the Go Birds pod people, James Seltzer, John Barchard over the Jedro lot. So um, yeah, let's all hang out, talk about some. Well, listen, if we're if we're gonna share some beers, we'll uh, we'll go right to the trust tree. It'd be great. All right, moving on. Speaking of the trust tree, let's dive into it because I got two things I want to talk about in the trust tree today. One, don't know how to do. I don't know how to do counterpoint when the Eagles aren't playing well. Last year was the perfect run for counterpoint because the team was good and we could just have all this bravado about. Carson and Doug and Howie and the defensive line and the offensive line just kicking the shit out of teams. And like I'm low-key nervous about like doing counterpoint for a nine and seventeen because I thrive off of false bravado. And right now the Eagles are not giving me the ability to thrive under false bravado. So 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 listen, Eagles. You might be tanking the Counterpoint podcast. And if you don't start playing better, you are going to single-handedly destroy what is the most important Eagles podcast. So I need the Eagles to start playing better so I can get back on my high horse and start talking down to other fan bases. So it starts this week. Lay a smackdown on that garbage-ass, fraud-ass, soft Minnesota Vikings team and fan base. So I can get back to the, 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 the bravado that is the Counterpoint Podcast. Now, the second reason we're in the trust tree is because I have tried to get the thought of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on Jalen Mills out of my head for the entire week, and I don't think I can do it anymore. Because thinking about Adam Thielen, who I believe is the second best route runner 
in the entire league on Jalen Mills has me waking up in cold sweats. It just does. He is going to put Jalen Mills in a fucking blender on Sunday. Jalen Mills is is on such a hot seat on this game on Sunday. He has 75,000 people who probably want him benched. And if he gets torched by Adam Thielen and gets put in a spin zone, oh, that crowd is not going to hold back on Jalen Mills. Very important game for Jalen Mills. And while he has not accepted my request to come into the trust tree, this would be my first piece of advice to to Jalen Mills. Dye your hair to some other color besides green because you haven't earned the right to dye your hair green at this point. You know, Duke basketball has such a storied tradition of winning championships. And yes, did Jalen Mills deserve to have his hair dyed green when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Yes, he did. But we, in the new norm, as Philadelphia Eagles fans and a Philadelphia Eagles franchise, reserve the right to take away the green hair because he's not playing well enough to earn the green hair. When Duke isn't playing well, Coach K takes away all Duke-related merchandise and doesn't allow them to wear it until he thinks they've earned the right to put the Duke uniform back on. The New York Yankees, another storied franchise. You have to earn your pinstripes with the New York Yankees. With the Cleveland Browns, another storied franchise. You have to earn that stripe on your helmet. And with the Philadelphia Eagles, you cannot have green hair and play like dog shit. So Jalen, I'm sorry I had to do it to you, but you have to change your hair. You're not allowed to dye your hair green until you start playing better. Now, we have talked about on this podcast that Jeff Lurie is one of the most shrewd owners in all the sports. He, he pays off bookies or pays off the, the, the bookmakers to drop the line so the Eagles are continually underdogs. And to his best efforts recently, they've, they've continued to be favorites. So the underdogs card hasn't really worked. So while Jeff Lurie has, has hit a cold streak when it comes to um, being able to, to influence the bookmakers, there's something else he can pull this week um, with the money that he has. Jeff Lurie should pay people of Philadelphia who may not be Eagles fans. I understand if, if passionate Eagles fans don't want to do this. But if I was Jeff Lurie, I would find um, maybe 300, 200 um, Philadelphians who probably aren't Eagles fans to dress up in Vikings gear and give them all the kind of Vikings apparel and the, the stupid freaking axes or whatever they do and the stupid long golden locks and the, the helmet and all that bullshit that those Vikings people do. And he should pay them to go to the Rocky Steps and do the skull chant thing all over again. Because if they do that, and he's, of course he's going he's gonna to tell Action News and, and NBC all about, um, all about it so they can go get a camera on it 
and he's got to do it in the morning because the game's at 425. So it, I would say, Jeff, if I were you, I would get the get the Eagles fans or get the the, the Philadelphians dressed up as Vikings fans to the Rocky Steps, I'd say around like 10, um, and make sure there's a helicopter or someone videotaping it so it can get out all over social media before noon. It has to be out before noon so that people on their drive to the game um, can see it, get really fucking pissed off, drink maybe three extra beers, get in there, and and defend the Rocky Steps once again, just like we did before the NFC Championship game. Jeff, this is me to you. Me to you, buddy. I know you listen to the podcast. That's a shrewd move. That's what my Jeff Larry would do. You know, I feel like we've talked a lot about in this podcast about what we thought was this Eagles team. Doug Peterson, we thought had big balls. And yes, even though he just called Kirk Cousins Kurt, the balls haven't been there. Howie, we love calling you cocky Howie. But frankly, I'm worried that the old Howie's back. Jeff Lurie, I'm worried the old Jeff Lurie's back. You three are the brains of the trust tree, the foundation of the trust tree. And you all three have to be better, and I've laid out three ways in this podcast where you can be better. So step up your shit. All right, so last week against the Titans, I did uh, just some generic uh, Titans takes that I had. Um, and I, I didn't call it uh, Titans takes. I thought it like I called it like All-22 or a, a Titans scattering report, some would say. But I've changed it to takes because really all it is is my personal takes on the opposing team and what I see. And it's basically kind of a, another counter, <laughs> counterpoint, but about another team. So I have Viking stakes. I got pretty strong Viking stakes because it wasn't that long ago that we were beating their ass in the NFC Championship game. One, Mike Zimmer looks and sounds like an old baby and it creeps me out. Mike Zimmer has a, has a, the way he talks and the way he looks, it, if I, if I had to just, if I had to take a baby, a newborn baby, and age it to whatever Mike Zimmer is. Like, most football guys are, like, in their 50s, but they really look like they're in their 60s. So I don't know how old Mike Zimmer is. If I had to guess it'd be in his 60s, but that probably means he's, like, 45 in football years. So if I took a newborn baby, fresh out of the womb, and I, and I just aged it to Mike Zimmer's age, that's what Mike Zimmer looks like. And it's hard to take Mike Zimmer seriously as a defensive wizard when he looks and sounds like an old baby. And if this football thing doesn't work out, I think Mike Zimmer would be a fantastic, just a fantastic horror movie uh, actor because he's so fucking creepy with that voice of his. I can't take it. It's like it, it grosses me out every time Mike Zimmer opens his mouth. Because he's supposed to be this defensive wizard. And when I think of defensive gurus, I think of hard-nosed, deep voice, get in your face. And when I hear Mike Zimmer, it's like, really? That's it? So I'm creeped out by Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is the creepiest NFL coach I've ever seen in my life. Two, Kyle Rudolph's tattoos look awkward and shouldn't be there. And deep down inside, he knows that. Kyle Rudolph is not a tattoo man. And I think is first off, 
his mom's probably disappointed in him. And you can have tattoos. It's just that Kyle Rudolph's look awkward. They don't look right. He doesn't look like someone that should have tattoos. And Kyle, I know you're probably listening to the podcast. You know that. You know they're bad tattoos. It's okay. That's why the trust tree is here for you, buddy. And finally, you can't win a Super Bowl with a guy that is the equivalent of uh, the kicker of quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is more likely to be shoved into lockers than it is to win a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins is 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 such a, a narc. Kirk Cousins is the guy who in your in your class would be like, "Hey, you didn't ask to collect their homework, teach." And call him teach too because he's trying to be that teacher's pet kind of guy. Kirk Kirk Cousins is is an absolute narc and you can't win a Super Bowl with that fraud. Finally, must win or a trap game. I'm going to go with a must win. It's a must win from the standpoint that you need this game if you want to be considered a real Super Bowl contender. You can't fall to two and three. Then the, then the Super Bowl lust is completely off. The Eagles have to make a, a statement this week against the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are limping in here. You're playing in front of your home crowd. The line is 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 a goddamn disrespect to the Super Bowl champions. You need to make a statement that you are not having a Super Bowl hangover. And because of that, that is why this is a must-win and not a trap game. As always, you can email the Counterpoint Mailbag at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, let's go to Blake Mattern. Hi, Jack. Good work as always, even when Barchard holds you down. Thank you. He, he really does. He really holds me back. Um, first, I'm very distraught. Last year, I had a lucky shirt, a Kelly Green um, green Cheek Beer Co. Oh, that's cool. Shirt that has a parrot on it. It's a brewery in California. And I wore, and I wore from about six... From about game six last year all the way through the Super Bowl. Combined with a gray pair of shorts and flip-flops. I'm out in LA area, so you know, nice weather. Uh, I rode that all the way. I tried it this year, and I ended up changing shirts during the Atlanta game this year, and it seemed to work. Since then, I can't find anything that works. Any help would be appreciated in this matter, as the birds clearly need it. Second, many people want Kelly Green Unis back, but we all know that stupid helmet rule screws things up. In lieu of that, I think we should start a movement to at least bring back the silver gray pants they wore in the 90s and before. It would look awesome and bring back a hint of nostalgia. Plus, it would be awesome with their away jerseys. I think you're the best the best person to spearhead this movement. As always, the people will always listen to you. Keep up the great pods. It's an interesting look. It's an interesting look. I, I, I would need to envision it with the midnight green, but I think it looked pretty sweet with the, uh, with the, with the black jerseys. That'd be a, a nice little, a nice little change-up. Anyway, back to your shirt, or back to the shirt. I think we're all in a very, very tough spot with this. No one's really found their mojo yet. I thought, I thought I found it with the shirt I was wearing, the the Birds of Broad Street shirt. Um, but I might have to change that up for Sunday. But I also haven't worn my new Eagles hat. Also, I haven't been in the building in a while, so. They haven't, they've won every game. Like the last, the last game I was at was the Green Bay loss in 2016. 
So this could be this could be a really really trust tree moment for me as well because if they lose at home against the Vikings, I don't know if I can ever go again. So listen, we're gonna keep we're, now that I'm off work, now that I'm not working Sundays anymore. We will all. I feel like since the the branches of the trust tree, aka not the branches, I am the root of the trust tree, has been not fully focused on the Eagles because I've had to do a different job. Now that I'm back being fully locked in, it's go time. It's go time. This is going to be, we're, we're going to figure it out together. From Jim Masker. Hey, Jack, I've tried to format this so it's easier for you to read on air with all caps, double spacing, and no paragraphs. Well, thank you very much because reading is hard. Reading is hard, especially when all the pressure of everyone in the trust tree is looking down on you. Like when I'm reading, it feels like the, the, the branches of the tree are just like looking right at me. Anyway, um, I will also try to use smaller words and shorter sentences. Perfect. My DirecTV went out this weekend, so I had to watch the game at a bar. I found an Eagles bar, in quotation marks, and thought I could survive watching the game there. Though, like you, I cannot and should not watch a game in public. Yes, the official counterpoint position is that watching Eagles games at bars and in public is what fraud fans do. The Titans game has confirmed that. I walked into the bar wearing my black Jordan Hicks jersey. A guy in a personalized number 17 jersey is hanging Super Bowl stuff. I chip in and help him out and talk to him to find out he has only ever been to Philly twice in his life, last Christmas and last week. I order a beer. No no yingling on tap. What kind of Philly bar is this? I settle for a bottle and find a seat with a good view uh, of the game on multiple TVs so I have less of a chance of someone blocking my view. I end up sitting near an older guy and his wife who were quiet and didn't bother me as much. His fandom is not in question. Next, I learn the bartender is a Cowboys fan. What kind of Philly bar is this? A few moments later, another Cowboys fan walks in. I promptly boo him, and I'm the only one doing so. Again, what kind of Eagles bar is this? More people arrive. After kickoff, then before it, one with a knockoff Super Bowl trophy. This would be passed around the bar for the remainder of game. Remainder of the game, with focus being drawn to it for photos more often than not, uh, instead of the actual game. As the birds go into the half, my back is almost, my back is almost broken by their lack of watching the game. When it is announced that there's a Philly special shot, I groan and my thoughts. I groan and my thoughts on their lack of original ideas is obvious and well known. I get a few comments like, "Wow, you are a big Eagles fan." As my 15-year-old Eagles tattoo pokes out from under my Eagles sleeve, then gets told it's just a game. As I've become irate with the play calling and lack of defense. The final straw that broke my back, going into overtime, the so-called leader of this group puts Toby Keith on the jukebox instead of the game instead of the game audio and tries to get a sing-along going as if the game is not being played. I will never watch another another Eagles game in public again. I paid my tab at the commercial break and stormed out the instant Corey Davis caught the ball, both angry with the bar and the game outcome. DirecTV is fixed. I'll be watching from home on Sunday. I guess there are more frauds in the world than I wanted to admit. Listen, I try to tell you guys, like this is something I'm most passionate about, is that you cannot watch an Eagles game in public and consider yourself a real Eagles fan because it just turns into a social event. And the people listening to this podcast, the people that are in the trust tree, the people that we consider diseased Eagles fans, do not watch Eagles games in public because we cannot be distracted from physically watching the game. Like I, I know. I Listen, I'm, I, am, I couldn't be less shocked that this happened to you, James. I, re- I really couldn't be because there's a lot of frauds in this world and most of them watch the Eagles in public. From Tom DeSaro, hey Jack, quick update, I wore the Alshon Jeffrey jersey this week, so the loss is not on me. Someone else must have failed to meet their superstition. I would, however, like to take credit for Alshon's big game. I hope I'm no longer in the trust tree doghouse. You're not. You're not. Someone else 
on the trust tree messed up. And honestly, I don't think anyone messed up. I think it's me not being fully, being able to be fully engulfed in the game because I have to do something else. I have to, I have to work. But now that is over, completely, completely locked in. From Brock Sumner. Jack, as a proud member of the trust tree, I am completely lost as to what I should wear for game days. All last season, I rocked my Fletcher Cox jersey, and the results speak for themselves. So naturally, to start the season, I donned it again for the Atlanta game, as well as in week two, where the juju seemed to wear off against the, uh, against the Bucks. I decided to change it up in week three with Carson's return and switched to my Wentz jersey, and we, of course, won. I decided to stick with it in week four against the Titans with less than stellar results. I need your guidance to, in which jersey to move with or to go with moving forward. Do I go back to my Cox jersey and try to recapture the magic of last season, or do I stick with the Carson jersey from here on out? Or do I possibly explore a third option, possibly an Eagles Christmas sweater I wore out to the bar the night before the Andrew Championship game last year? Jack, please help a lost member of the trust tree. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, I think you should go with the Eagles Christmas sweater. I think the Eagles Christmas sweater is a good look. Um, it'll be funny to wear when it's when it's <laughs> when it's 80 degrees on Sunday. Um, I I think the Christmas sweater is a good look. You may sweat a lot because it's gonna be a little warm, um, but I just think I think the other jerseys feels like something is 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 lacking, and you need a little a little change up. And I think wearing a Christmas sweater in October is the perfect change up. It's like it's like a third down back. It's like Corey Clement. You know, it's it's a it's a nice little change of pace. And maybe it gets the Eagles jump-started again to where you can wear the Cox jersey for the stretch run. Or maybe the Eagles Christmas sweater is the correct move. I think the Eagles I, – I, I would don the Eagles Christmas sweater for now because, you know, you may think the Cox jersey was the one that won you that championship, but it could have easily just as been the NFC Championship game when you went out or you went out before the NFC Championship game in the Eagles sweater. I think the Eagles sweater is the correct move, Brock. Uh, from Scott Schreiner. Uh, serious trust tree question. My favorite Eagles hoodie has been washed about a hundred too many times and is no longer socially acceptably worn in public. I've had it for over 12 years, so I got a fair amount of use out of the old girl, but it's time to put her down. Um, I need to know what is a trust tree approved way to move on from an old piece of Eagles paraphernalia. Important note is not tied to luck during games, either good or bad. It's just comfortable as hell. So Scott, I mean, even if you can't wear it in public, that doesn't mean you can't wear it in private and just be comfy as hell while just lounge around your house and like in the winter. Um, but if you don't want to do that, uh, I, I understand because it, it's meant a lot to you and just to wear it like that just wouldn't do justice. So I thought about this long and hard and I don't think burying it is the right way to go because it's too important. And what, what was harking me back to, I think the correct way to go about this is the United States itself. When, when a flag, when the, when the American flag is tattered and there is cuts in it and it's no longer acceptable to be uh, flown, much like it is no longer acceptable to wear your Eagles hoodie in public, uh, a, 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 the, the, the American flag is burned. And not in a disrespectful way, but in an honoring way so that because putting it in the ground or putting it on the ground is disrespectful to the American flag, much like it is disrespectful to throw your Eagles hoodie into the ground. So I think the correct way and the official position of the Counterpoint podcast is to have a, a burning ceremony of any Eagles gear um, that, that you have just decided it needs to, it needs to go away. It, it, it can't be worn anymore. It's, it's, it's run its course. And 
you don't have to put it on Twitter. You don't have to put it and, and say, and look, this crazy Eagles fans burning his stuff. It's an honor. It's an honoring of any Eagles paraphernalia that you are moving on from. I think that's the correct way to go about this. From our friend, Kayla Fredrickson. Hi, Jack. Thank you for accepting me, accepting me into the trust tree. I'm sorry for, the, uh, for writing a ridiculously long email. This one will be shorter. Well, thank God, because the last one was like a book. <laughs> I need your relationship advice. My boyfriend is an assistant track and field coach at a Division One school, so it makes sense that he spends a lot of time studying coaches. He's told me, well, like, listen, it's running. Like, what do you, what is, an, what is a track and field coach going to, like, what does he, like, run hard? That's, that's all that a track and field coach has to do, right? I mean, I don't know. You can, can you tell a guy to run harder? Probably. But it's not like he's tactical. Like he's, not, he's not a tactician breaking down game film. It's a track coach. He's just running. Sorry. Not to, not to roast your boyfriend. Um, he has told me a few times that he loves Jimmy Johnson. It's mainly because of what he did at Miami. And my boyfriend is from Australia and didn't watch the NFL much uh, when he moved here. Uh, so he's learning to hate the other NFC East teams. He also likes Eli Manning because uh, he caught a pass from him once, even though I told him that's stupid. That's eh, pretty stupid. I, I don't know how concerned I should be about the situation. Please advise. Also, you're totally right that Mike Vrabel does not have the body to be a successful coach in the NFL. Obviously, Doug has the ideal coaching body. Uh, I think you should do a power ranking of head coaches' bodies. It could be a good off-season episode. I agree. It's a good idea. I like it. So, so your boyfriend is Australian. He's a track coach, and he doesn't get um, really much about the NFL. I mean, I think he kind of. I don't think you have to make any rash decisions. I just think he. I think you got to. I think you have to grow. I think you have to grow with with your boyfriend. You have to you have to teach him the way. You don't have to get a, you know he doesn't have to be on the hot seat in the relationship. It just has to be a it has to be a a growth a growth in the relationship is teaching him about the other MCDs teams and maybe one day maybe one day your track and field head coach who is looking for ways to tactfully break down other people running can one day understand that one day. Um, from Juggalo Jerry, Jerry the Asman, who I think is back on Twitter. I'm not sure, but I need him back in my life. He's the greatest. Um, he says, Yak, to what extent is Flip to blame for Minnesota's start? He did a great job here as a QB coach, but do we overrate him just a tad? My other question is, are you single? Uh, no, very much not single. And no, I don't think we overrate him a tad because look at the Eagles red zone. And that is what John D. Filippo did last year. He was the Eagles red zone coordinator and the Eagles red zone has not looked as crisp as it did last year. Uh, from John Barber. Okay. Hashtag Jackie Pucks. Yeah. So if you follow me on Twitter and you see me tweet about Jackie Pucks, I want you all to understand that it's just a bit and I don't know shit about hockey, but every year I talk myself into getting into the flyers and every year I can't do it. So just know that it's just a bit and don't ask me actual questions about the flyers because I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, okay, Jackie Bucks, but where does Gritty fall in comparison to Swoop in the context of Philly sports mascots? I think I'm in on him because he's a goon, but I need to know the official counterpoint stance. So the official counterpoint stance is that uh, we are all in on Gritty because he started to get roasted by uh, national media and people all over the country. And as we all know in Philadelphia, that once you start roasting someone from here, then we automatically back him 100%. Um, in comparison to Swoop, like, Gritty is kind of just like, like, Swoop is a, a big, strong, powerful 
mascot. Gritty's just like Gritty, man. Like, I don't think there's any comparison. They're just different people. They're, di- they're different mascots. Swoop is meant to be fierce and intimidating. Gritty's just, like, fucking Gritty. I don't... I love him, but, like, I don't... I don't know if I have an official stance on Gritty versus Swoop, but um, they're, they're, I would say they're just different people. You gotta let them be different people. All right, so uh, let's get to what's the line saying? It's still three, and I'm in a tricky spot because I think the Eagles roll on Sunday. I think they roll on Sunday because um, because of they they, they they treated the Tennessee loss so they took it very heavily and they took it to heart. And um, I think a team that is coming off of a Super Bowl Super Bowl run, uh, I just trust in their championship. Um, that their ability to to rebound. That's what championship teams do, to face adversity. Uh, and I just think they're going to come out and roll this Vikings team. However, I don't like the line because I think the line is, is it's minus three, and it's basically a pick because the home team gets three points, which is disrespectful because the Vikings aren't playing that well. But what Vegas is saying is that the, the Eagles are playing worse. So that's not great, and especially given the, the Eagles' home um, – trends recently and they also know i'm in the building so i'm gonna get the crowd going with a great speech i think it's a i think it's a i think it's a vikings line because i think the 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 public's gonna be all over the eagles and i don't like that how but my my other gut's telling me that i think the eagles roll so i think it's a vikings line which sucks but i think the eagles roll and that's the official position of what's the line saying i will be back next week hope you enjoyed